Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and I'm here with America's Wealth Coach, Coach Pete Deruda. Hey, Coach, is investing like gambling? Well, Brian, unfortunately, it is for a lot of people. Uh, everyone hopes and prays that when they put money in that it's going to do good, but that's not a good strategy. The best strategy is to have a growth protection income plan, which gives you that financial fill-up strategy, which when you reach retirement, every single year you're going to get a paycheck delivered to your mailbox, regardless of how long you live and regardless of how, how long your spouse lives. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It does. Brian, everyone listening should get their very own wealth and income plan, and I'm giving that away free to your listeners right now. It makes sense. Call 800-833-7393 or text to Brian, my name, B-R-I-A-N, to 600-700. That's Brian to 600-700. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, brother. This week's episode of the Financial Safari is brought to you by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, for all your retirement needs. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruda or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Hey folks, welcome to the Financial Safari. I'm Coach Pete. I'm joined with special guest Mike Wall. We're going to talk to Mike in a minute, but this show... We're going to talk about the multifamily housing boom, what it is, how can you profit from it, that much more this week on the Financial Safari. Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Broadcasting from coast to coast, it's the Financial Safari with your host, Coach Pete Deruda. Coach Pete and his guests are some of the nation's top financial professionals. They make it their mission to guide investors through the treacherous jungle of the financial world, showing them how to grow, keep, and leave their money for their loved ones. Coach Pete is a frequent contributor to Fox Business Network, CNBC, The Wall Street Journal, and many other news outlets. They come to Coach Pete for their answers, and now so can you. So stick around and find out how to make it through the jungle of the financial world on The Financial Safari. Well, folks, welcome into The Financial Safari. Coach Pete right here, special guest, Mr. Michael Wall. Michael Wall's visiting us from Florida, his Florida office. Mm. He's from Pennsylvania originally. He's, uh, I've known Michael for like 15 years. I've got his bio here, folks. I thought it was 40 folks. years. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm not going to read the bio much of it, but Michael was a founder president of Wall Private Wealth, U.S. Private Wealth, Wall Lehman Consulting, Michael D. Wall, LLC, and Go Live With a Purpose. Uh, he is a husband, father, author, speaker, and host of two dynamic podcasts heard in over 100 counties, The Michael Wall Show and Country. Invest Well Show. And, of course, folks, the bio goes on and on and on, but I'm not going to read it. We, we, we only have a half hour. <laughs> Michael, welcome in. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So you and I have known each other for over yeah. 15 years now. Right. So we've known each other through markets ups, yeah. markets downs. One thing remains the same. If you're in a, uh, an account where you're encouraged to be in risk, mm -hmm. the person who's encouraging risk will continue to encourage risk no matter what the market environment is many times, yeah. correct? It, well, it often is the case. I mean, when you think about it, Coach, a lot of times 
when you look at people and their investments, <laughs> it's hard for them to do something different, right? Well, We're because like, ah, this is new, it's changed. And so what happens consequently is yeah. a lot of brokers have experience and their experience primarily is in the markets. And it's not that market's bad, but when you're in a place where you're, that's all you're doing, you're diversifying just in those aspects, I think you're really missing out on a lot of opportunity. Now, I've got this uh, sheet here <laughs> called the impact of losses. Yeah. We'll have it go up on the screen. If, you're, if yeah. you're listening to the radio, we have copies of this in our office. If you're on TV, you'll get to see, you can see it on TV yeah. here. Uh, if you're listening on the radio and want to see this on TV, you can always go to financialsafari.tv mm -hmm. and you can watch along with us live or you can watch it anytime during uh, the next 30 years probably. Yeah. Keep it up <laughs> It'd be up there for a while. But the sheet's called The Impact of Losses, and you yeah. and I talked about this before the show, and it's something that I, I think uh, it's not till we have a bear market or mm -hmm. a market crash where people start to resonate with something like mm -hmm. this and say, well, gosh, if I lose a certain amount of money, it's going to take a whole lot of money just to get back to where I started. Right. And so many of you watching and listening may be in a position right now where you don't have to take more risk and you could mm -hmm. have that successful retirement you always wanted to have. Yeah, how much risk do you really need? And you know, the thing, yeah. about, the thing about that sheet, Coach, which is interesting, is that information as far as losses and gains, the time to recover. So what does that actually mean? Well, what it means is they're in a situation where if they have... Um, if they have a 50% loss, yeah. right, and they're, lo they're down 50%, you've got to make 100% just to get back to even. Now, think about that again. All <clears> and right. that's a so timeless number, by the way. You're, you're, you're in the market, everything's fine, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the, 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 the train track uh, yeah. just ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the, yeah. It derails, the market derails. And so you were fine. Right. And everything was fine. And all of a sudden, your world, as the emergency brakes pulled up on it. Your yep. world changes completely. Yep. Yep. You used to have a Volkswagen, and <laughs> you could pull the emergency brake up on it. It's strange. Just get around, do that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dad never knew I was doing <laughs> Don't tell Dad. So the sheet, though, you, and I've never, I've seen the sheet, but I never really looked at it as closely yeah. as I should have, though, because it, over here on this one part, it says if you lose 90%. Yeah. And many people did lose 90% in tech stocks back in mm -hmm. 2000, mm -hmm. year 2000. Mm -hmm. Guess how much you have to gain over the next year, decade, your lifetime. Well, however long it takes, but just to get back just to Just to get back to even, guess how much it is? Yeah, it's like 900%. 900%. Yeah. You have to be up 900% yeah. yeah. over the crazy. next whatever time just to get back to where you started. Yeah. And the goal of investing is not to get back to where you started. Yeah. <laughs> what good is it to invest if you're always trying to get back to where you started? It doesn't make any sense. And, and it's it's like the crazy. question The question is, is how much money did you make on yep. your money when you were trying to just get back to where you were? You know, and a lot of people saw that coach in 08 where, yep. you know, they're in a place where here's a portfolio value 2008 happens they lose a bunch of money right. and then they come back and i think one of the keys in understanding is a lot of times over the years you have to think about why was the markets what people talked about primarily right and the reason is is because that was kind of in a lot of ways the hottest thing in town you know, Wall Street's not going to tell you about things that are off market. And yeah. I'm not a Wall Street hater. I'm a fan of markets. No, we like to use every single thing that's available <laughs> exactly. out there at different times of, of your life. Right. And what's good for me is not, many times not good for you. Right. And it's really, so, we're going to talk about, yeah. about this a little bit later. It's really the idea of having efficiency yeah. in your portfolio. That's really the key. Utilizing, utilizing a variety of different things, structures, investments, products that can then package together so you can have a well-rounded but yet efficient portfolio. So this chart was put out years in 2000. 2009, by yeah, the way, by yeah. Crestmark Research Center, mm -hmm. and they basically specialize in looking at market environments and seeing what happens. Yeah. But you mentioned 2008, yeah. and you said people lost 60% uh, or so. Yeah. Right? Well, and, I mean, depend 30 well, to 60 -ish. Well, but look right here on the sheet. And the S&P from 2007 to 2009 lost 57%. Yeah, there you so go. So then we go over here, uh, that's basically 60%. So yeah. if you lose 60% of your money, you have to gain 150% yeah. just to get back to even. It's a big deal. Now, we mentioned 
90% loss. And someone's mm-hmm. saying, well, gosh, that's a crazy number. Why did you come mm-hmm. up with that? They never, that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. not so fast, my friend. <laughs> in the, uh, right here, Nadal from 1929 to 1932 lost 89%, yeah. which my simple math tells me that's almost 90. That's a long so time. So we heard about the, the, uh, the crash of the 20s. Mm-hmm. And many of our relatives never recovered from, from losing. Well, you can't. I mean, you have to be up 90, uh, 900% right. if you're down 90%. Most people never came back from Well, that. and we talk a lot about, you know, in a lot of the education and stuff, and teaching that I've done in the past and right. for the families we're serving. We talk a lot about the idea, Coach, of you know periods of flat in the market. And most yeah. people, right, when they think of markets, they think from 1982 until now, which the market's primarily been up. Been but up. Yeah. You talked about the Great Depression. It's a good point because in the Great Depression, literally there was a season where after the market crashed in 29, <laughs> went flat till probably uh, 32. And then, yeah. that's not all, uh, <laughs> you know, or not 32, I'm sorry, 62. 62. So now we're talking about 30 years. And then we yep. say that's not all. Why? Because in the, in the mid-70s, the markets from there to about 1992 went flat again. Yeah. And then more recently, from 2000 to 2016, basically the market was flat as well. And that's including dividends reinvested. So when you take a look at this, I think, Pete, one of the things that people have to be thinking about is um, what are they actually invested in? And more importantly, when they're retiring, what are they doing that they weren't doing that they were doing while they were working? They're not putting monies in every month anymore. Well, you're taking money out. That's what I'm saying. It's you're reversed. You're locking, uh, locking the losses in instead yeah. of locking the gains in. So yeah. you have to again. That's why it's important to do retirement planning before you get to retirement. Correct. And make sure you have money allocated in, in places that do not depend yeah. on the market being up for you to take the money out. Right. Because if you're down, you're not going to want to take the money out. Right. And so, and then here's what happens. The market's down. You don't want to take the money out of your market account because you don't want to lock the losses in. And in the meantime, when you're waiting for the market to recover, guess what it does? It goes down. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> so now you're locking your, you're even further down than when you could have locked the losses so, in. So the idea is, is I think it's so important for, for investors. So yeah. you step back from all this and say, okay, as an investor, what should I do? And as you're watching this right now, you say, yeah. what should I be doing? How should I think? How can I think differently? Right. I think one of the big keys is you got to look at investments as though they are tools. I like to use the analogy of a, of a, of a new drywall, a piece of drywall in, in, a, in a room, right? If somebody's there and they have a screw and I have a hammer and I go up, I'm like, can I get this baby into the wall? The reality of it is, it, provided I don't hit a stud, which a lot of times my wife says, there he is. <laughs> but provided I don't hit a stud, that screw's growing right into the wall. Now, so the, it'll now get question, it in, but you'll never get it out. <laughs> it, well, the thing about it is it, it's actually going to strip out yeah. quicker. Why? Because yeah. you didn't use the ridges in the screw the way it should be. So the point yeah. is, if somebody would dare say, hey, this hammer is a piece of junk and throw it away, bad move. So you have to look at investments as tools, and not every tool is designed to do different things. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, yep. annuities, real estate, private equity, uh, real, you know, tax planning structures, all kinds of different things to say, okay, what do I actually need? And then what tools are necessary to build the kind of plan that I want? What if you have a guy, a carpenter come, and he convinces you that the hammer is the right thing for this group? <laughs> That's happening to a lot of people because their yeah. broker is convincing them they're yeah. in the right place yeah. when they're not in the right place. And the right place for maybe, maybe it's the right place for the broker to put you because they're making more money. Exactly. And so we always have to look <laughs> well, at motivation. So mo- why motiv- is someone doing what they're doing? Motivation, Coach, happens a ton. And yep. when you think about it, if I'm coming to you, and this happens a lot of times with mm. proprietary uh, agents that work for particular companies, you know, I'm in other coming words, to, they're captive agents they're, and they can't sell, but but whatever the company, whatever is there. So, so like, yeah. hey, we got we got a hammer. You, use, you put the screw in the wall. Oh, you don't like that one? We got a bigger one. Oh, we don't like that. One. We got a smaller one. But all you got is hammers. So it's like I don't need a hammer right now. I need a screwdriver. We have a nail gun. <laughs> exactly. Put the screws in there. Exactly. But, so, that, but yeah. that is a problem. People selling only proprietary stuff. Yeah. And we see that a lot. And so that brings up the conversation, and we'll talk about that as we uh, round out this segment. Is yeah. the fiduciary concept? Yeah. What yeah. you know? What people hear this term fiduciary. Mm-hmm. 
there's one money manager you and I talk about a lot who pays yeah. for a lot of commercials, and he's not even into commercials anymore because he said a lot of bad things in public that are trying yeah. to clean his reputation. But yeah. they have people on there saying, when you do well, we do well. How, yeah. you know, how are you compensated? Well, when you do well, we do well. But my next question would be, what if I'm not doing well as, exactly. a, as a consumer? Are you still doing well? Yeah, they're still making their money under management. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And yeah. I think once people realize that and also realize that no one else knows. Right. <laughs> so why are we paying people outrageous amounts, many times to underperform the market. And yeah. I used to say, and I still say every now and then, whose retirement are you funding? Yeah. Yours or your broker's? Yeah. If your broker's making a lot of fees and he's going to make money and she's going to make money, regardless if the market's up or down, yeah. they just make money keeping your money what they call under management, right. which means under their lock and key. Yeah. And they don't want to lose that money. Therefore, that gets in the way of designing efficient portfolios. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in the yeah. next segment. Very important. Phone lines are open. 800-661-7383 is the number to call. 800-661-7383. We also have a great way that you can text us. Just text PLAN to 600-700. PLAN to 600-700. And folks, I don't know about you, but I'm tired the status quo is being unsure if your financial advisor really has your best interests at heart. We discuss a lot of important topics on the show today, and I think it's time for you to take that first step to not procrastinate anymore. If you're in the red zone, you really don't have a plan in place, we want to make sure that you have that security as you head into retirement and just the knowledge that you have everything put in place on track. So call on in, take advantage of this no-cost, no-obligation consultation. We're here to help. That number, 800-661-7383. 800-661-7383 or text the word PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. Now we come back, we're going to talk about efficient portfolios. You really need to stay tuned for this. Termites, not the ones that eat your house, the ones that eat away at your nest egg. Hidden fees, a fee here, a fee there, a fee everywhere. They could end up costing you thousands. Exterminate the termites, work with a financial professional who offers transparency. Call best-selling author Coach Pete Deruda and the team at Capital Financial, 800-661-7383 or text PLAN to 600-700. That number again, 800-661-7383 or text PLAN to 600-700. Welcome back in, folks, to the Financial Safari. Coach Pete right here, Mr. Mike Wall from Wall Private Capital and Private Wealth, I think. Wall Private Wealth, Wall Private Wealth, right there with me. Uh, Mike, we we touched on this in the first segment, Mm -hmm. and this, I think, is the most important segment in the whole financial world for people to get their arms around because so many people don't understand what a efficient portfolio is. And so let's talk about an efficient portfolio, what it is, why it's important, and, and why many and most people listening and watching probably don't have the most efficiency they could have. Yeah, you know, so so what happens a lot of times is people don't really think that their portfolio isn't even efficient. They think it is. That's number one. And well, so if what, it's up, they just assume everything's yeah, fine. They, right? they, don't, they don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but really the idea of efficiency, you know, Coach, as we talked about in a previous segment, is about financial tolls. Yep. And it's really looking at the financial industry and saying, okay, what is actually out there? And what are some of the tolls? You know, here's a quick example to help people kind of bring them into this, right? So let's say they're younger and they go to the doctor and they get their blood pressure and cholesterol and all that stuff checked. Yep. Fine. But then when they get older, 
they get a golf ball sized tumor, God forbid, right here. And their GP says to them, you know what, because I know you and we're good friends, I can do that surgery to remove that if you want, or I can send you to a specialist that all they do every day is brain tumor removal. So when you look at the financial space, what's happened a lot of times is people have not doubted to become experts in their space. They're just generalists. And yeah. so because of that, there's not really a lot of efficiency. I and see that we, all the time, actually. <clears throat> we do it. I mean, the, the, the efficient portfolio is literally our trademark process for one of our companies. Uh, and we use that structure and strategy for the families we're working with. So let's talk about the typical portfolio, because yep. that's what you talk about when, yep. when, we, when we started talking about this. The typical portfolio is what most everybody listening and watching has. Yeah. Nothing wrong, per se, I guess, uh, when you look at it from a long-term perspective. Yeah. Not, nothing wrong with having the typical portfolio, but what is it? Well, it's, it's the idea of, of what, it's, not, it's not even really about wrong or right. It's about efficiency, yeah. right? Yeah. So what it is, uh, Pete, is a lot of times the idea of people are in markets. So they're, they're, they have an advisor and their focus is, hey, we're going to diversify, we're going to diversify risk away, and by doing that, we're going to buy stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, maybe structured notes, all this kind of stuff, and all of them that pretty much live in the Wall Street realm. And that's pretty much all they do. So if you liken it to a pie, I think there's yeah. going to be a picture on the screen they put up here, you liken it to a pie, it's like, okay, they're literally using the market slice, and there's several other slices, and that's all that they're using. So the efficiency really came in, if you talk about where the genesis of this come from? I started researching Yale in a lot of ways and saying, why were they in a situation that, like clockwork, they were averaging 12 to 13% a year for that their endowment fund? Yeah. 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 Since 1990. Harvard has a nice one, too, I think. They have a too. nice one as yeah. well. Yeah. Yale's actually outperformed a little bit more, but why, why was that the case? And so the reason is, is because of what they've looked at the portfolio, <laughs> what they've used in the portfolio. So we describe it this way, right? Instead of just looking at just the markets, why don't we look at other things in general? Isn't it funny? I know, Coach, you've seen this over the years. You connect with families and are like, oh, but we own some real estate, too. We have publicly traded REITs. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of REITs, Mike. I yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm show about that. And so the question yeah. is, is like, well, okay, first off, is the REIT good anyways? Yeah. What is their incentive to sell the property? Because they're clipping their 1.5%, 2% fee. And number three. Well, that's a non, you know, the non-traded REITs get people in trouble many they, times. They do. You, they once can you get put your money trouble. in, you can't get it out. I call it the Hotel California of the <laughs> financial world. Exactly. You can get in anytime you want. Exactly. Can never leave. It's hard, hard to get out. Hard to get out. Well, the, the, the reality of it is when you look yep. at deals, sometimes these deals are so big. Now, that doesn't mean that real estate is bad. No. no so let's just liken it to this. Right, right. We've seen a lot of families make a lot of money ourselves as well over yep. the years of owning quality real estate. But in my opinion, it's going to be smaller deals. Yep. It's going to be deals that are you know 50 to maybe 200, 200 million max. Um, and we want to be in a place where we're looking in in-demand real estate. Well, you need to, like, we played the game called Musical Chairs growing up. Yeah. And so many times the game of Musical Chairs is played in real estate, and you're caught holding the bag when yeah. the market goes down, you still have your real estate. So the goal is not to not to fall in love with, again, not to fall in love with any investment and make sure you're in, you're in the right part of yeah. the real estate world. Yeah. It's not just a house or a reed or whatever, One, there's a yeah, exactly. lot more to that. And well, remember, so, money doesn't go away, it just yeah. moves. Yeah, it moves. So, so, so the idea is... The secret okay. is to move where everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay attention to where yeah, it's yeah, at. Yeah. And so that's that's why we have that as a piece. So let me just run through the pieces and then we can talk about each of you tell, want. Right, so, so for people that are just watch, listening on the radio, yeah. the typical portfolio, if you picture a pie, yeah. it's one-sixth. So it's, a one of the, it's got six pieces yeah. and the typical market portfolio is just one of those six pieces. Yeah. So, so you're, you're missing most of the pie. In other you're words. missing a lot of the pie. It's right, like okay. you, you, you 
got one slice of the apple pie, and you're like, I got the whole thing. Uh, no, you don't. And Johnny over there has five slices. <laughs> Johnny took the other five slices. Yeah, yeah, so that is a typical market portfolio. Right, For those, right. again, listening Which on most radio. everybody, most everybody has that. It's normal. If you're dealing with one of the big, usually one of the big brokerage houses or yeah. one of the places that advertise a lot, you probably have one of these. Well, remember what happens is a lot of times these larger firms yep. where everybody's a vice president day one, right? And they got <laughs> If four, you're not, you're the janitor. Right. And they got 4,000 vice presidents <laughs> yeah. in the country. It's not that they're bad people. It's just yeah. what happens is they're in a place where they're working in a system right. that has to provide product, financial product, for clients yep. that they have to sell to the masses. And so just like a tailored suit. Yeah. You're not going to get the kind of depth, in-depth in design. And so with the efficient portfolio, really it's a tailored process for families. You ever seen a guy with a suit on and the sleeves are like five inches too long? <laughs> That's yeah. what a regular portfolio is many times. <laughs> That's exactly so right. So let's get the uh, efficient portfolio, the yeah, proprietary process. Let's talk about yours. So it is our trademark <clears throat> process, number mm-hmm. one. Obviously, it's, it can only be found through our firm. And, right. and really, it's, it's, it's providing the right elements of pieces of different things together. So that's going to include market. That's going to include quality real estate. That's going to include private equity. Uh, that's going to include correctly designed annuities. The big A word that some people love to people hate. And then we got advanced tax planning and then yeah. legacy planning. So putting all of those things together. So those are the other five pieces of the pie the five to go pieces. along with the first piece, which is market. That's Nothing correct. wrong with market, but it should be a piece, not yeah. the whole pie. That's exactly right. right? And, and, and let's just, we talked about real estate just for a minute, and yep. there's several different slices, whether it's opportunities. And again, those opportunities change, but whether right. it's from, uh, you know, uh, projects that are being built, building like Wawa's or Chick-fil-A's and yeah. owning that real estate. Well, Chick-fil-A or, would be a great investment, wouldn't yeah. it? Now, uh, your, best, uh, the, your best real estate investment the last couple of years, can you, can, you, can you pull that out of your head? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last it? couple of years, I mean, we just did, <clears throat> we literally just did some videos for families uh, at the end of uh, December. Right. And uh, some of the annual returns on some of these pro- uh, projects were, you know, low to high 20s, be honest with you. That's now, pretty some nice. Of the, some of them are not that strong. They're de- de- designated to be in the, you know, kind of mid-teens or so, but that came from multifamily space. Well, that's why I said your best, and you, you, yeah, you, yeah. what was your worst? Yeah, the worst was about 11. Okay, so, so really, that was, that's pretty bad, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Only 11. <laughs> no, but that's not bad. That's a good, but, that's a good spectrum there. But, right but when there. you think yeah. about that, though, these yeah. are, again, smaller deals. Why is that important? Nimble, being yeah. nimble matters. And I, and I like into this. So if somebody's in a place where they're coming up to the iceberg, would you rather be in the Titanic or a speedboat? Speedboat all day long. All day long. Yeah. And a lot of these large companies, what happens is they're the Titanic. They're the Titanic. Yeah. And so it yeah. makes it challenging to kind of... Well, it's hard to move. Exactly. It takes a long time for a big battleship to move. Yeah. Well, not a battleship, but a tanker, like an oil right. tanker, as opposed to a, 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 a motorboat. Right. Speedboat. So so a lot of opportunities in different types yep. of real estate, uh, data centers, hot, uh, middle market hotels, et cetera. So real estate's more than just the neighborhood you see or it's, the office building. And that's where people get yeah. confused sometimes. Right. Like, oh, I own a property down the street or yeah. I have two rentals or whatever. Well, the question is, what if you could have more diversity, yeah. own real estate in quality markets that are in demand, but have more diversity and quality smaller deals and probably have the ability to you know, achieve a greater return potentially than what you're achieving now and have none of the work. You don't have to be a landlord. Well, hey, Sally called me. My boyfriend came and kicked in the door. It's like, ah, do you really want to do that? That's what happens when you're, when you're managing your own that's little portfolio of real yeah. estate. Yeah, it's very important not to do that. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then the other thing, private equity. A lot of people are not familiar. I, I would venture to say that a lot of the listeners, uh, either here on TV or even on radio, that are they're listening and watching. Right. When you say private <laughs> equity, a lot of people are like, "What is private equity?" Like, I don't know what that means. So let yeah. me simply explain it, if I may. Right. Public equity, just the idea of buying a publicly traded stock. Right. Yep. Private equity is the idea of buying into a private companies. Now, here's what a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that since 1996, Coach. There is literally 40% less publicly traded stocks that are available today 
than in 1996. So there's 40% less publicly traded stocks, which what that means is if you are not in private equity, private stocks of a private company, so to speak, you know, you're really missing out on a lot of opportunity. That's it's a big, big, that's a big dip of, that's of a big dip. there. Yeah. So, so the question is why, why are, why are companies not staying uh, public the way they used are to? Are they consolidating or going private? Well, the, right? the, the biggest reason is quite honestly, uh, regulations and, and compliance. Yeah. And one of the reasons when you look at Elon, when he wanted to take Tesla private, why is that? Well, what happens coaches, you know, these publicly traded companies quarterly, they must show profits. So if you want to take monies and invest it into another opportunity to grow your company, you may not be able to do that because you have, might have to send out distributions to shareholders. And there, there goes the profits. There goes the, so, so, or there <laughs> yeah. goes the ability, the ability to even to expand in, in another opportunity, <clears throat> yeah. you know, R&D or whatever it may be. Yeah. So private yeah. companies are not under that same lens. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing that's so important when you look at private equity, and we have this um, really, because I've been doing this for a long time, helping families, coaching advisors on this process, the whole thing. Right. And one of the things that we know is when you're involved in private equity from an investor, from a consumer, Right. You want to be in a place where you don't have any capital calls because some people have had experience of private equity. Now, capital calls, when they call, say you got to give more money. We need more of your money. Or what? Or, or you're out of the deal. <laughs> you're out of the deal. And again, that all goes back to the fiduciary standard yeah. and making sure that your advisor is really looking at what is best for you, not just what is suitable for you. Yeah. Oh, it's suitable. You can get in there. There's only a 20% chance you're going to lose money. And then the minute you put it in, Murphy's Law strikes, yeah, you yeah. lose money. <laughs> and so it wasn't a a real suitable product right. for you, really, even though the right. broker justified it somehow with some of the uh, risk analysis as they had yeah. you do and saying, how much risk can you take? Many people say they can take risk until they lose money. Well, I tell you, I think that's the biggest um, crock, for lack of a better word, in my opinion, because yep. you're exactly right with that perspective. So I think it's, it, it's less about taking risk and more about building plans. I think yes. so many so many brokers or financial people in general are incentivized by selling product. And I like to say, we don't sell product, we build plans. Yeah. That's what you need to be doing. And that number is 800-661-7383. You can also text the word PLAN to 600-700. This is a great opportunity to reach out, get your own questions answered. Again, that number, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or text that keyword PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. Welcome to the jungle. Are you ready for the financial safari that is retirement? Coach Pete DeRuta and his team at Capital Financial can guide you over the mountains and through the woods of retirement. Check out FinancialSafari.com for the latest shows and A-list guest interviews. If you have a question for Coach Pete and the team at Capital Financial, go to FinancialSafari.com. Click on the Ask a Question button and your question, along with your voice, may be used in an upcoming episode of Financial Safari. Financial Safari is available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, Google Home and Apple HomePod. Are you ready for retirement? Check out FinancialSafari.com. Well, folks, we're back. We're always here, by the way, but we're back here on air. And uh, we've got Mr. Mike Wall with me. Again, Coach Pete right here. Mike Wall from Wall Private Wealth. Wall Private Wealth, U.S. Private Wealth, yep. Wall Lehman, Wall off the wall, on the wall, <laughs> through the wall. I don't know. Well, you know, it's, it's confusing. This, yeah. this alphabet soup in the financial world, I mean, yeah. everybody is from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the secret to, to life in general is to figure out, number one, if you like listening to somebody yeah. or like talking to somebody, and number two, if they have your main 
objectives in mind. Yeah. Are they there to help you yeah, or, they, or they act like they're helping you and then hurt you? And yeah. so I know the families that we serve, yeah. our select families, they all know we're here to help. And I think yeah. the same thing with you. Well, it is. You know, and, and one of the things that I noticed, Coach, over the years, I know you've done some certain stints. Many people don't know. Maybe they don't. I did about six years of national media as well. Yep. And you see just a lot of the conversation out there. You say, okay, you know, whether it's CNBC or Fox or Bloomberg, it really doesn't matter. Yep. It's just It's just a lot of you know, financial amnesia people will come away with because they're in a place where like, what the heck is going on? You've heard that term before. You know about <laughs> financial that. Financial amnesia. People forget what happened yesterday. Exactly. So yep. so the idea, Coach, I think is to say, what am I, as an investor, yep. what am I really trying to accomplish? What are my goals? And I'll be honest with you, as people move into retirement, you know, oftentimes they're in a place where they don't even know what their goals are. They, they got to kind of set that up and sometimes having the right uh, firm help them with and through that. And then secondly, having yep. the kind of planning they available to actually create a portfolio that's going to help them get through retirement well. What kind of goals do you think the average family has? I mean, again, make money. Yeah. Uh, make sure they have a successful retirement maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what are the main goals? So what, when, you, when you bring it down, if you boil it down, we used to say, what are what are people really looking for? I think I think initially one of the things that we've seen over the years initially is you know people obviously they want to protect their wealth. Now they'll often sometimes say, "Well, I want to grow it," but at the end of the day, the, the protection I think really really matters. The second thing they want to do is they don't want to outlive their money. Yeah. And and thirdly, depending on the level of wealth that they have, whether it's multi millions or more, you know they could be in a place where they say, "Okay, realistically, I'm probably not going to outlive my money, but I do want to steward it well. I do want to be efficient with it. I do want to be in a place where." I can be philanthropic well and do it well. Not just like, well, give a little here, give a little there, but really be intentional about it. But I, they don't often know how to put that plan together. And when you think about this as they're moving into, you know, we've talked about this phrase before, 30 to 40 years of unemployment. Right? Otherwise known as retirement. It's retirement, exactly. <laughs> yep, so yep. as that happens, Coach, you know, you know the reality of it is it's a brand new place for people. And that yeah. doesn't start like right when they retire. It starts five to 10 years before that time to really start to create the plan necessary to get them where they need to go. Well, think of an airplane. Does an airplane just come drop down in the airport land? <laughs> no, for, you know, when right. you're in the back, of, about 30 minutes before landing, yeah. you, they start making you put the tray tables yep. up and the yep. seats back because they have a flight path. Yeah. And they need to get that glide path in where, they, where the pilot is comfortable landing the plane because he's got the all the, like the clear visibility yeah. and he sees what's going on and or you end up in a Sully Sullenberger situation yeah. where the plane isn't cooperating and you have to land somewhere other than the airport. Right, right. You never, <laughs> so, you, so we want everyone to efficiently land their portfolios where they're designed to land yeah. and have the smooth takeoff and smooth landings all the way through retirement. Well, that's right. And, and not only that, you know, when, when you look at investments in the future, yep. there is no perfection. No. no one has all the answers about everything. Right? Well, the somebody, day after. I always have the answer the day after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So at the end of the day, when you think about that, you say, okay, if that's the case and no, not everybody has all the answers about everything, then what should we be doing with our money? We talked yeah. last segment about kind of the first part of the efficient portfolio. Correct. I think we jump into the, to well, the yeah, other okay. part. Okay. Now, let's talk about just for people that are joining us just now. Yeah. yeah. Let's educate folks on uh, what the generic portfolios that most people have yeah, with the yeah. uh, diversification right. and making sure you're diversified and suitability standard. Let's yep. go through that and uh, summarize that and then summarize why your system is different. Well, I think the first thing, so so a market portfolio is what most people have, right? So wherever they're invested, stocks, bonds, mutual, stocks, funds. Bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Yep. And and hey, here's a here's a great word picture for you, right? So everybody remembers Little House in the Prairie. Remember that back in the day? <laughs> Laura Ingalls following yeah, down the hill and her yeah. sister and started the show. Well, here's Charles, good old Charles out there with his horse and plow, right? And he's got his plow. And what he does, he says, you know what? I want to diversify because Betsy in front of me right now today, she might be pulling and doing okay. But Betsy what the she, mule or his wife? <laughs> the mule. 
What if Betsy gets tired? So let me put Sally to the left and Johnny to the right and Jimmy to the back. So he's got a whole mule train. Yeah, no, exactly. Did he have 2,000 mules? <laughs> that, good, good thing to watch, by the way. A little, little side tip. Yep. 2,000 mules, great that. video. you don't know, Google it. Check it out. 2,000 mules. But at the end of the day, you're, you're literally in a place where you say, okay, now he's got four horses or mules pulling in different directions. And right. he whips the whip at the same time. How far is Charles going to go? Not going to go anywhere. He's not going to go anywhere. It's now, like that's a tug what... of war with two fat teams. It's going to stay still. <laughs> going to stay still. Even though it looks like a lot of work's being done. Yeah. Sort of like what's happening with the traditional Wall Street portfolios. Your, your broker always is acting like they're working, but you're really not doing anything. Right. And if you, if you think about true diversification, you say, okay, well, when the market's up or when these stocks are up, we'll do these because, you know, the, the correlated, when they go down. Or when, yep, yeah, whatever. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, how does that make any sense? Yep. So if I'm going to diversify, market goes up, I make money, market goes down, I lose money, and there's not really a lot of diversification. You know so, what gets simple? When we have a crash and there's no diversification at all, everything falls. <laughs> you're like, whoa. We what, don't like that. What should I do now? Yeah. You so, want to go back to the status quo where you're not moving then. It, so the efficient portfolio really was birthed out of, and again, we talked a little bit about this And that's this your proprietary show. process. This it's is our proprietary. Right? Yeah. U.S. Yeah. Private Wealth, one of my companies, uh, it, proprietary process is the efficient portfolio. And I really thought about how can we package things or really build things for families to do well. And we talked right. last show about the first part of it. We're not opposed to markets, but we have a market portfolio. It's traded monthly. It's done well. It's uh, the pie. It's part it's of the, the pie. It's the pie chart, but it's only one-sixth of a piece. One-sixth of, of a so piece. So if you have a pizza, usually my pizzas have eight pieces, but yeah. this this is a nice big six-piece yeah. pizza, and you have one of the slices, a New York pizza slice, yep. but you're missing out on the rest of the pie, which are which are five other slices just as big as that slice. In the in the portfolio. Yeah. That's why we bring yeah. it together. So one, one, one slice is the market. Great. Right. Awesome. Yep. We, do, we diversify, Correct. trade monthly, et cetera. Yep. Then the next part is real estate. We talked about that last show, but that's could be multifamily, could be data centers, could be storage, could be... So real estate is a lot more diverse than many people think when they're talking about real yeah. estate. Yeah, it could be owning Chick-fil-A, CVS stores, yeah. all kinds of things like that. Yeah. And then we got private equity, which again, we talked last show, talking about the idea of uh, how there's less opportunity now in the publicly traded markets, 40% less publicly traded stocks than there were in the past, right? So we want to go private. We want to do it in a way that it's a fund structure so that way we have liquidity on a quarterly basis and gives us a nice opportunity to Doing return. private equity the right way is very important because when very people important. hear this term private equity, they throw money somewhere and they have yeah. no idea where it's going. So that's yeah. why I think it's very important to deal with a fiduciary team to help yeah. give you the directions on what private equity may be Correct. a good fit and may be a maybe not, not a good fit. Yeah. And so not just bragging at a cocktail party that yeah. you have private equity. Hey, that that means so, yeah. <laughs> that means you put a lot of money at risk. Make sure the risk is, has ample return yeah. as a reward for that risk you've taken. And, you know, again, it's the, it's the old adage of the idea is just because you know, just because something's available doesn't mean you should do it. Like when you hear stocks, well, there's good and bad stocks. Oh, yeah, when you heard are. of real estate, there's good and bad real estate. Good and bad everything in life, man. Everything in life. Yep. And so so private equity is the third third kind of funnel or piece or right. pie, if you will. The fourth piece of the pie is correctly designed annuities. Now, this is like a big buzzword. And Coach, you know, we've talked about this over the years. Uh, I've done a lot of research on this. Uh, in fact, Roger Ibbotson, a gentleman, as you know as well, we've done some research at the Big Board Club. He's a Yale professor, Yale emeritus, really. I've, I've met him before several times. Really Great nice guy, guy too. Zebra Capital. Very, very smart guy, Very by the way. smart guy. He, he was the one that was the genesis behind a lot of the technology that Morningstar bought to rate stocks and funds. And we really talked about de-risking portfolios and what does this look like in relation to the traditional market portfolio and then and, and then using bonds to lower the risk or coming completely off market and using correctly designed annuities. And I say correctly designed because, as you know, there's some garbage out there. There's a lot of bad ones, but there are really good ones, too. Really good you know, ones. it could be argued if you're claiming to be, if your advisor is claiming to be a fiduciary yeah. and they haven't mentioned any of the slices of the pie except yeah. for the market slice, yeah. are they really a fiduciary? Right. 
You know, and just like if someone's just selling all annuities all the time, are they really a fiduciary? No, it's a combination, yeah. a proper combination based on what you and your family need, not what yeah. the advisor is trying to push, of all six of the pieces of the pie. Yeah. And of course, some of these pieces, many of you listening and watching have never heard of. Right. And so the, the, the first step is to look at your current portfolio as yeah. it's designed and look at the goals and that you and your family desire to have in the future right. and make sure your portfolio is going to get you what you thought you were going to get to make yeah. sure to sustain what you want to do all the way in the future. And Mike, I see a lot of deficiencies in that. Uh, you know, even the uh, mm. Monte Carlo simulations, people mm-hmm. come in and say, my yep. broker has run all these simulations and based on how my portfolio is set up now, we've got about a 92% chance of success. And you know me, I'm always a skeptic. I say, well, what about the other 8% yeah. that's not going to succeed? Yeah. Do you, so, do you remember the World Cup? Remember, remember oh, the remember World, World Cup, Cup. When, when these big companies that had all these simulations that they use <laughs> yep. for the retirement? Remember that, Coach? And they said, hey, we're going to run over 10 million uh, simulations on who's going to be win the World Cup, and all of the teams that they picked didn't even make the playoffs. This <laughs> well, is the same technology helping build somebody's retirement. The Kentucky Derby this past year. Yeah. An 80 to 1 favorite. Yeah, I can't even call it an 81 favorite, but yeah. he, was a, he was the worst one, and yeah. he won. Yeah. And so you never know. What, you we never call know. that a black swan event. Yeah. Black swan event. All right, so now we, we've got the correct annuities. Make yep. sure that uh, you understand what the annuities so for. That's another slice. That's one slice. And, and by then, the way, on that, if, if you come into somebody, you talked about it earlier, but I just want to pick that up. Yep. What happens a lot of times is the financial world ends up fighting against one another, which leaves the client, the consumer, in a kind of a quandrum. They're like, what do, what do I do? What should I do? And so, so some, the guy over here is only selling annuities or yeah. life insurance or whatever. Hey, you should do this. The guy that's like fiduciary only, hey, you should do this. The broker says you should do this. And the client's like, ah, instead of stepping back and saying, okay, wait, time out. All of the investments are tools. How do we put them together well? But the proprietary process, very important to make sure you have the efficient portfolio. Yeah. And making sure that it also has income streams built mm-hmm. in. So we have, we, we have to factor in what kind of income is needed. Mm-hmm. All right. So that phone number to call, 800-661-7383. 800-661-7383. Or just text the word PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. We'll be right back. You want your piece of the financial pie? Tune in to Financial Pizza each and every week. Where do you go? Financialpizza.com. You will hear from Coach Pete DeRuta, as well as advisors from across the country. Great takes on the latest hot-button issues when it comes to retirement. Financialpizza.com. Every week, new, fresh, hot information on everything retirement. Financialpizza.com. So good, you want to take a bite. Financialpizza.com. Welcome back in, folks, to the Financial Safari. Very enlightening show, very exciting show. Every time me and Mike Wall get together, I, I learn some new things. And we, we were talking last night before the show, we were going over the, uh, the efficient portfolio system that you've put together in Trademark, Mike, and, uh, and you've seen it copied across the world now mm-hmm. uh, because it makes so much sense. And, and when, when people watching and listening figure out that they only have one-sixth of the pie, mm-hmm. And they've been told they have a complete plan. Mm-hmm. That should make somebody mad. I, I would think if, if you're paying an advisor to put a real plan together for you, and all they're doing is picking stock, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Yeah. 
how good of a plan are they doing? Yeah. If they have you exposed to bonds yeah. with interest rates going up, what are yeah. they doing? Yeah. As you know, it's like a seesaw yeah. with, with interest rates and bonds. As yeah. interest rates go up, bond prices go down. Yeah, the old cherry bump, right? <laughs> so so what was your what was your broker doing putting you yeah. or your supposed fiduciary planner putting yeah. you in bonds to begin with in this environment? Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know, as, as obviously interest rates go up, the par value is down. And so yeah. they're in a place where they're seeing valuations go down because interest rates, it doesn't make sense. You're it's, locked into the bond, but you can't yeah. get out or you can get yeah. out for a lot less of, uh, than you put in. And yeah. that's not the the goal of, of investing is to buy low and do what? Sell high. Right. Not buy high and sell low. And that's right. unfortunately, I've seen way too much of that. Well, the so the idea years. is to be up to bat. The idea yeah. is to be in a place where what if with some of the portfolio that we want to have protection and safety. What if we yeah. can be up to bat, right? And that 95 mile an hour and 90 mm. mile an hour fastball comes down the middle and you're literally ready to hit the ball. If you're in a place <laughs> where you're sitting on the bench because you're you're just all in cash and you're doing nothing because you have no opportunity, well, guess what? There ain't, I don't care how perfect that ball is down the middle, coach. You're not going to hit it. You're not going to hit it. You're not so going to see it. We got to say, okay, some of the pieces of the portfolio have to be in a place where we're at bat, but we cannot strike out. And then others might be like, hey. I like gonna, that. Yeah, we're going to have the ability to strike out, but maybe uh, in, mm. in a much much lower percentage. But the ball's coming in real slow, so yeah. if, you, if you strike out, it's basically your fault many right. times. Well, remember this. I, I love this thought, and, and for the investors that are listening out there, you know, which is everybody that's listening right now, I mean, I think that I think the key is – this is a great thought that I, we use a lot and share with people because I think it's so important. Right. A lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. If you don't know what you want, you're not going to get what you need. Right. And not only, not only that, they, they don't really understand the space of the industry. So when they ask questions, they feel like, well, maybe, I'm, maybe I, I don't understand this well. They're afraid to ask questions or whatever it may be. So they don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. And so part of our process and job, as I looked at, whether it's just me helping families and our team, other advisors that we have helping families or you know sharing on national media or doing it on our own shows or teaching. We've done a lot of teaching and coaching together. Right. right? Just talking about the idea of what do people need? Yeah. That led me to kind of really build this trademark process. So we talked before about markets, right? Again, that's what most people have out there, stuff in the stock market. So that's number one. We don't mind stock market, but let's just have this as a piece of the pie, we not shouldn't, all the That pie. shouldn't be our only locomotive should, pulling the whole shouldn't train. Shouldn't be the only locomotive, yeah. exactly. And then we got real estate, diversified real estate that's off market. It's not these publicly traded REITs and, and things like that, which don't make any sense in my personal opinion. Why would you buy a publicly traded equity that owns real estate that can still ebb and flow with the stock market when you yeah. can buy private real estate uh, mm. in a way that's direct participation or something like that as an LP. Then we got private equity, another piece of the pie. Then we have correctly designed annuities. We talked about that. Well, private equity is exciting if you get in the right uh, like avenue. It is. There's some there's some real great investments coming down the peak that you would never hear about if, if your yeah. broker has you all in the stock market. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and and so again, going back to that point, that you got to be careful about, where you put the money you and how careful. you do it, all that. And you got to be you got to make sure that you have access to it. There's ways to do it in fund structure where you can have access to your monies. Uh, it's not tied up forever. You have yeah. quarterly liquidity and yet right. still opportunity. Listen, a lot of the private equity that we've seen, <clears throat> there's a strategy, Levine Leachman, which has been around for almost 50 years. And this strategy really is buying companies right now in the private equity portfolio through U.S. private wealth. There's nine companies that are owned there and they're quality companies, Polyform and Lawn Doctor and several others. And these companies, Coach, they're in a place literally where um, you know they have some element of not only diversity, but recessionary proof because of the way they're designed and the way they're set up. Now, 
nothing is perfect, like right. we talk about all the time, but it gives you the ability through a fund structure, gives the investor the ability to get a nice distribution and have off-market uh, opportunity. Yeah, again, it's, it's uh, making sure you build that portfolio that's balanced and unbalanced at the yeah, same time. That's exactly yeah. right. So correctly designed annuities we discussed, the goal there is simply a bond alternative. You know, there's several different kinds of annuities, which you know, the immediate, the fixed, the fixed index, the variable. The so income, yeah. Yeah, the income. So yeah. we're targeting structures that are going to give us opportunity to average four to seven over time and have limited to no market risk. There is risk, liquidity risk and other risk. And obviously that's why you got to see how- but the main that, risk that people think about when right. we're talking about stock market, market. Yeah, market risk, because there's no stock market no risk. No stock market that. risk. Yeah, and yeah. so you, you say, okay, how much of the plan should be this? How much do we need to, yeah. just like building a house, right? Right? We is. know about that. I mean, you don't you don't ever have a dinner party and say, "Hey, come down with me, coach. Let's check out the foundation. It's amazing." You're not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's like well, you don't build 15 bedrooms in one bathroom. <laughs> but that's what some of these portfolios look like. Yeah. I see. There's too much of that's one thing and not enough of the other. That's thing. exactly right. So you don't have too much foundation, <clears throat> but you got to right. have some foundation, and it's really, really <laughs> yeah. important. And then we move into advanced tax planning, which I think is probably one of the most underserved pieces in the financial space from advisors. Now, you have a special code in the IRS that you want to talk about with yeah. advanced uh, Section 170, in particular A&H, yep. talking about the easement structures or fee simple structures. And so, but before we jump into that, I really want to help people to understand, you know, when they think about in tax planning, a lot of times, Coach, they say, well, I have a CPA. Okay, yeah. that's wonderful. Yep. All right, you have a CPA, and a lot of CPAs do a great work, right? But a lot of times, CPAs are looking at either what you made or what you spent last year to help determine what you're going to get back or what you're going to have to pay in the future. What they're not really looking at is your overall portfolio. They're not looking at your investment structure and yep. saying, okay, we're at market, we're at tax all-time lows, right? And we're in a place where taxes are probably going to go up. So how can we efficiently plan and how can we use structure? Some of the real estate structure, by the way, does what's called devaluing, which allows us to do strategic conversion to Roth, which is kind of hard to get into. It's like a, doing a haircut through the phone right now, so we're not <laughs> going to go too deep. But it is important. You want to maximize that. And unfortunately, a lot of brokers or financial people are not doing it because they haven't done the research around it. So tax harvesting in there as well. And tax loss sure harvesting are, is yep, one. Yep, you know, that's in, yep. in the, just the market portfolio when you're trading and all of that. Yep, yep. Uh, but but some of these uh, real estate structures, they will devalue intentionally before the, the project's getting ready to be built. So that way we can do a lower conversion and pay less taxes. So the taxes. main goal is to pay less taxes. So, the main goal is to pay uh, less know, taxes. And, and, so pay, and pay as less money as possible to pay yeah. as less taxes as possible. That's exactly right. So out-of-pocket costs. In Section 170, you, you reference that. So that's yep. in the IRS code. There's, yep. there's what's called an 8283 non-cash charitable deduction. So a lot of people are familiar with the idea of a charitable deduction, right? Yep. So you mentioned in, in one of the beginning segments, I have a nonprofit go live with purpose, helping people find purpose in life, right? If somebody donated $1,000 or $100,000 to that organization, they're going to get a dollar for dollar right deduction, off. Yep. right off on their taxes, yep. right? It's going to yep. come right off. It comes off their ordinary income. It's simple. But what they don't know is uh, essentially the, the government has allowed for the opportunity for people to privately or be a part of conserving certain properties throughout the country for different reasons. And you got to watch this because some of them are bad, some of them are good, like anything else, but they've created this opportunity. And President Bush actually back in the 2000s created some law that said you, can, you cannot reduce your ordinary income, coach. Now get this. You cannot reduce your ordinary income less than two thousand, um, less than fifty percent. So if your income's a million dollars a year, can only bring it down to five hundred. Only bring it down to five hundred. If you make it ten million dollars a year, you can only bring it down to five. And million. George Bush did this. George Bush was one of the ones assigned to allow it to only be fifty percent. So it's funny because Republicans always get accused of uh, trying to help the rich, but that's hurting them by by minimizing what they can really deduct. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. So at the, so at the end of the day, yeah, because before it was like you can deduct it to zero, all the way down to zero. <laughs> 
And I was like, no, no, no. But then I, the evil Republicans yeah, come yeah, in yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's only 50%. But now the, it's only 50%. The, uh, the other side always blames the Republicans for helping out the people who make money. That's not really helping people. No, it's not really helping people at all. All right, so at least 50%. So then So what? at least 50%. So yep. simple math for the listener or viewer. So you're in a place where, and a lot of these are geared towards people that are having a, okay, so who are these first off geared towards? Number of these structures, or it might be appropriate. Somebody that's got a large uh, growth position, right, where they've made a lot of money in stocks or whatever it may be, and maybe those gains are going to be short-term gains. Right. Or they have real estate, they're going to be short-term gains. Right. Or they have high income. We see a lot of times with uh, some of the folks we're working with that they're making, typically people that are making two, three, four, five million plus 10 million. We had a two clients last year making $10 million a year. Help them shave their income in half. Yeah, because you're in trouble there. There's no, there's no more deductions, Harley. Well, to, to the average a person, investor, they don't know about these right. deductions that can get you down. So you brought them from uh, 10 million down, down to, to five, 5 million. Right. Million. So we saved them a lot of money in taxes. Yeah, I bet you were a hero. It, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. And we're only using the code. We're not yeah. creating things that doesn't. Well, you don't exist. want to go in the gray area. You go in the right. gray area, you end up uh, in the uh, prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is great out it's there. Great out there. Great so we're literally there. using the code that already exists, and yep. we're saying, okay, there's products that exist inside of that. We code. always say inside the tax code, there's yeah. some there are some good things. The yeah. secret is to, to getting with a person, a guide who can help you navigate the tax code correctly. That's exactly right. Yep. And a lot of these structures in the past, coach, they were in a place where they might invest into uh, different minerals in the ground or yep. things like that, hard asset structures. But now what's happened is is you watch the administration. There's a lot of shift and change. The EV and solar, electric and vehicles, yeah, green earth all this stuff. So yep. now we say, okay, let's transition these structures and use structures that are going to be in a place where they're more in the solar, that type of environment. Picture Here's a, a comedy where everybody runs over there and everybody over runs here. over there. Go yeah, electric vehicle, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so for every dollar that somebody puts in, they're going to get, for a lot of the deals that we've uh, really researched and vetted well, they're going to get 4.6 to as much as 4.8 in deduction. So they put a dollar for, for every $100,000 in, they're going to get four hundred sixty to four hundred eighty thousand dollars of ordinary income deduction. So they can, so if they put a uh, hundred thousand in, they can take uh, four hundred sixty to four hundred eighty thousand off their uh, off the income tax. Off the ordinary income. Off so, the income. Uh, off the uh, income. Yes. Right. Good. So if you so, do, if you, if you if you do the round up math on that, if somebody's making a million dollars and now their income on paper goes almost down one by to five, when you think about it. Yeah. It's, it's almost one to five. Yeah. But but you're literally in a place where let's just round up and say your tax bracket's forty percent. Let's assume you don't have state tax. Maybe you do, depending on where you live. And now you're, 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 that $500,000 that you get to be deducted for the hundred that you put in, you're literally in a place where you're saving, Coach, $200,000 in taxes. So literally what that means is for the 100000 that you put into this structure for, for, for tax benefit, you're literally saving 200000 of real monies that would have went to the government. Now, again, these are rough numbers. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And I yeah. really think that everybody watching needs to see what they could qualify for, especially yeah. if you have, I mean, if you're writing checks to the IRS, yeah. why not write less checks to the IRS yeah. and help yourself out? So let's get uh, your, your system put together, your own personalized planning and, and, and your questions answered and make sure that you do understand the whole proprietary process of the efficient portfolio. All right, so that phone number to call, 800-661-7383, 800-661-7383, or just text the word PLAN to 600-700. That's PLAN to 600-700. Mike, thanks for your time today. Yeah, great to be here. Coach P. Radio. 
information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency. Coach Pete. 